Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Kim Saracen. Kim, welcome to the show. Oh, so great to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Ken. Oh, you're very, very welcome. And if anybody out there in, in podcast land is unfamiliar with Kim, let me give you a little background. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. She's the queen of hearts. She's actually one of North America's most sought after relationship experts. She has over 50,000 fans and followers and a 97% success rate for connecting women with their soulmate. She has a long list of happy clients and a wealth of tips and tools to help you attract your king. She's actually a regular guest uh, expert on CTV, CBC, Global TV, and a featured writer for national print and online magazines. Kim, do me a favor. Would you just take a minute to give us a glimpse of how you got started doing the work that you do today? Oh my goodness. Uh, well, it was born out of, of misery <laughs> <laughs> and disappointment and frustration and love. And what I was finding is as I was getting older, my relationships were getting worse because I thought relationships were kind of like going to school and the more you learn, the better you get at things. But I was felt like I kept going backwards. So um, this was a, so important to me to master that I, I quit my career and I moved down to California to uh, gather around mentors and do major research in how to have a better relationship with a man, how to attract a great guy and, and how to uh, maintain that relationship and be fulfilled and get what I want and he gets what he wants and for it to be wonderful. So I spent, uh, t- it was really like a personal quest and I spent two or three years uh, studying this and I got, uh, I learned so much and the people around me who my, who were my friends um, were noticing that there was major changes with me and that I was attracting these great guys and men were kind of eating out of the palm of my hand and they wanted what I was having. So I would give my tips, things that I'd learned. I'd read over 400 books at that point. And what I discovered is I had a real gift for taking this, this vast, broad, confusing, manic, uh, subject of love and breaking it down and explaining steps to people in really simplified terms. And so basically that's how I got started is I, I just invited a bunch of people over to my living room on a Saturday and said, listen, why don't you all just come over and I'll just, I'll give you the whole lowdown. And so from there, I, that was like my first quote seminar and I just kept developing it from there. That's fantastic. 400 books. That's a lot of books. 
It's a lot of books. I was desperate. <laughs> I was really desperate and um, and got some great mentors around me. I mean, Ken, that's why I went to California because it's so progressive. I thought, you know, it it would be perfect because it's um, uh, it's where the '60s revolution was. It's where the dot coms are. It's a progressive energy to it. So I knew if I was going to get if I was going to master love, I knew I would find the right people to help me down there. Nice. So I'm going to ask you what may be an impossible task, but I'm going to ask anyhow. From all that work, 400 books, all the other trainings and so on that you did, what would you say is kind of the, I call it your mantra or your guiding principle, but what's that like tagline that you use as an anchor to make sure you're staying on the path of partnership? Mm. Well, that's pretty straightforward for me. In order to attract a king, you must know how to be a queen. And the reason that applies to partnerships is because attracting a high quality man has so little to do with how you look because for a man it's all about how it feels to be with you and who a queen is because I know some people get I know women can get triggered by that word queen like it's often has this kind of image attached to it of a woman who's dominating, who isn't appreciating, who is uh, steamrolling over men. It's not that that's not my version. My version is queens are gracious and confident about asking for what they want and continually demonstrate um, uh, a fair amount of appreciation when a man does something for them. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this because I I find women oftentimes get the queen and the princess confused. Right. Yeah, very good uh, point. So uh, a queen, just like in the royal kind of pecking order, if you will, um, a queen is like the highest royal. So I find that the princesses are really, they are, they're princesses, um, they're queens in training almost. And for a princess is someone I would say in their 20s or 30s who are still discovering themselves and still trying to figure out men and figure out what they need. And, you know, my favorite clients to serve are women who are in their 40s and 50s because they've been through so much in relationship. They have honed down exactly what they want. They know exactly the kind of guy they want. They know what they need. And um, all they need is just kind of the last piece of the puzzle or a few last pieces to be put together for them in order to make it work with any man. So princesses are, they're, they're almost, they've got one foot in queen and, and one foot not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad you made that distinction because mm-hmm. it is one of those things where, you know, we think of like the little girl being the princess and everybody doing everything right. for her. 
And that's not what's intended when we talk about a queen. So I, I thank you for doing that and, and making that distinction. Mm -hmm. And I, I also want to comment on the fact that, you know, you said it's not about your appearance and, and that, that that's not what draws the man. And I wish we could, like, repeat that through loudspeakers around the world constantly because mm -hmm. there's such a false belief because, of course, all the marketing to try and sell stuff is how do you look? Mm -hmm. And so we yeah, get endless messages that, telling us that that's all that matters. Oh, completely. And it's such a shame. It's such a shame that that is um, a belief that's out in society. Uh, because you know as a man can, you know what I'm saying is true, that it's it's really ultimately how you feel around that woman. And how you feel uh, around her is what you're picking up on about how she feels about herself. So a woman who loves herself and feels confident uh, in, in her own skin, she shows up very differently on a first date or in relationship as opposed to somebody who has low self-esteem and self-worth. And a, a, like her, a woman who has low self-esteem and, and worth is not confident and that informs her behavior. And so she'll be saying and doing certain things on, on dates that are really turning guys off. And she's not aware of it. It's a, a blind spot. And, you know, there's women who always get the guy. And those are the women that have figured this stuff out. But that's a rare woman, a rare woman who's born understanding relationships and men and and how to partner with a man and when to surrender into him and when to set boundaries. Like, it's a rare woman that is born with that knowledge. She either had um, a mother or parents who she could model that from, or she just naturally figured it out. So for anybody listening, don't feel that you are broken in any way or you're faulty or love just isn't in the cards for you. That is not, that is just not the reality at all. It's just that nobody's showing you uh, and taking you under their wing to explain, you know, how to make it work with a guy. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, it's, I use the example of it's like, are there people who can play the piano by ear? Yeah. There's people that never need a lesson and they're amazing. But that's not the norm. And if yeah, like these women only are those prodigy. people get to play piano, then nobody else would play piano. That's ridiculous. Right. There's people exactly. out there to help you learn how to do that. The same with relationships. Yeah. Are there people that are just, it's a no-brainer. They don't have to do anything. But then mm -hmm. there's this myth that, oh, you shouldn't need help if it's, if it's, you know, meant to be, you won't, it'll just happen. Well, that's crazy. That's like saying if it was meant to be, you just know how to play the piano. That's ridiculous. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, so those women that I was describing that are natural, that this comes naturally to, um, they're prodigies. And prodigies are very rare. And for the most part, most women just are very confused and, and frustrated and, and just haven't been taught correctly they've had really bad role models yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. so let me ask you this kim because one of the things that that our listeners love about the show is how generous our guests are in sharing their own personal stories of partnerships ups and downs and 
on that line of not everybody's a prodigy, clearly, would you do us a favor? Would you take us to a time in your life when you kind of tripped up in partnership and just tell us that story? You know, what were you doing? What did you trip up on? And, and what did you ultimately learn from that experience that has helped you move forward? Okay, well, um, my gosh, 20 years ago, I felt like I was constantly tripping, like that I had my left shoe on my right foot and my right shoe on my left foot in terms of relationship. So for me, what drove me literally down to California to figure this out uh, was being stuck in a pattern and continuous cycle of attracting men that were no good for me. So, you know, the, the typical kind of bad boy staying in those relationships long past their expiry date, getting hurt, uh, dumping them. And then right after that, I would go for a really nice guy. But then when I had that really nice guy, I would get bored he, I couldn't handle receiving his niceness and being kind to me. And so I would just simply steamroll over him, like lose respect for him. And then I would go back out finding a bad boy. So that was something that I was tripping over constantly. It, that, that cycle went on for years and years and years, Ken. It was, um, it was so frustrating. I just thought, you know, maybe, and here I'm in the prime of my life. I was maybe in my late thirties then, or no, I was sorry. I was in my early thirties and I just thought, wow, like love's just is not for me. Like it, I'm just never going to find it. There is no point. Like I was throwing in the towel after every relationship and I would never be speaking to the men again. Like I would, I'd be so angry with them. So yeah, that was, um, that was where I, I could not get myself out of that, that cycle. Yeah, no, I get that totally. And it's, it's funny that you said that, you know, when you would go from the bad boy and then you go be with a really great guy, but you couldn't really receive what he was offering. I was just having that conversation with one of my clients this morning and it was fascinating because we were talking about it and she's like, oh, all these things are really great. So I don't know. I'm leery of this guy. I'm like, wait a minute, you told me he's everything you're looking for. And she's like, yeah, but I've never had that. <laughs> yeah, well, they're you know, waiting for the shoe to drop. That's how exactly. it was for me. I was wait like I'd be with a nice guy and either I'd be, uh, this isn't, you know, like, I couldn't figure out why he even liked me or was nice to me because I was just off, you know, fresh off the heels of a bad boy experience more than likely, right? Just prior to that. So yeah, that was a really, just even thinking about it and talking about it now, Ken, it's like, oh my goodness, it's, it was a very, very frustrating uh, time. I'd really hit a wall with that. So how did you shift it? Well, this was kind of my duh moment or my uh -huh. aha moment. Uh, so here I am doing all this research. And one of the main things that was driving that was I wanted to know, well, not only in that cycle, but I wanted to know and figure out how to ask for what I want from men. Because in 
from the relationships that I could I observed that were working in it were these women who were always asking their guys for what they wanted. And for me, I thought what would be most attractive was if I became a completely no hassle girlfriend. Mm. So I would never ask for what I wanted. I would totally compromise. I would twist myself up into a pretzel to, um, conform to a man's schedule, to his personality. Oh, I see him looking over at a, checking out a woman with blonde hair. Well, I can have blonde hair. I can, you know, color my hair, like, you know, or, oh, he's checking out a woman in a short skirt. Well, I've got some short skirts, you know, like it was really horrible. (laughs) So I wanted to figure out how to be empowered in relationship. And what my research showed is that men produce for women They do things for women if it feels like a win for the guy. So I was in the middle of doing this research and and feeling a little bit wobbly with it. And I was um, living with a guy at the time. And we were in this house in this neighborhood that I didn't really like. It was not, it was so far removed from I don't know, it wasn't convenient, it wasn't luxurious, it didn't have a lawn, like it was just very different to what I was used to. So what I was doing was I just kept complaining about the house we were living in, uh, complaining about the neighborhood, and he kept not doing anything about it. And then I kept getting more frustrated. And I was like, and this is what happens for women, right? When we, we, keep escalating our anger with a guy and we can't figure out why he's not doing anything. So then I remembered, I remembered, okay, men produce for you, but men do things for you if it's a win. So I thought, okay, I'm going to test this out. I'm going to start, I'm going to stop complaining. I'm going to start appreciating the house that we live in. I'm going to start appreciating the sink, the tub, him, the living room, uh, you know, even though it felt totally fake, I would just verbally start appreciating it. I did that for two weeks. And within two weeks, he drove me up to a house and said, and told me he had bought it in the neighbor, in a neighborhood that I loved. So that was a big, huge revelation for me. Like that was seeing my research in, in action and and seeing it work. Nice. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting that you say that about, you know, men produce for women if it's a win. Mm-hmm. Here's the funny part about it that I found is if you speak to what you need, like you were saying you were witnessing with other ladies, then you set it up so everyone wins. Yeah. He's yeah, winning it's because he's win. giving you what wins for you. That's, That's how he wins. Right. That's right. Because when in relationship, uh, it's always ladies first, right? It's it's uh, it's all about her needs and and desires. Which I know women listening right now are going, I that's not my experience, and and I get it because <laughs> that was not my experience either until I started doing things differently. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So that was that was my 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 duh moment. That's a big one. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, the other thing that I love that you shared with us there, Kim, is, you know, you've been doing all this research, you had all this information, but you hadn't actually put it into action in your own life yet. 
No, because I was still processing it and still not believing that this stuff could work because it just looks so simple. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I, I'm talking about this appreciation thing. That, that's one thing. But there was like about 20 different things that I, I like, like foundational things that I learned. But this appreciation piece was huge. And um, it, it changed my th trajectory of, of my relationships with men going forward. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you said it so perfectly, right? You're like, well, I couldn't believe it could be that simple. And so we think that I must be missing something and I don't want to make it worse. So I better wait till I get all the other points. But there aren't any. It's yeah. that simple. <laughs> it's not this complex yeah. thing. Yeah, and, and it's so, oh my gosh. Well, it's so funny, Ken, because you know as a man that your needs are fairly basic and simple compared to a woman. Yes. Right. Like our needs are changing every five minutes and we arrive in relationship with lots of needs, wants and desires. And a lot of women are in this kind of space of being fiercely independent. They are in this mindset mm -hmm. that they've got to do everything for themselves. And uh, they go out on a date with a guy and they're offering to pay for half. Uh, they drive themselves to the restaurant. They, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm describing a client actually that I'm thinking of who, you know, would do this and, and she would show up in her business suit cause she would always book the dates for like six o'clock during the week when mm -hmm. she could just go from work. So she was kind of, you know, approaching dates like a board meeting and, <laughs> you know, she was sharing all her accomplishments to prove how, you know, she's no gold digger, you know, she's not after him for his money, like she can handle herself. And um, it wasn't until our, our, our second session that I asked her to describe a date. And that's what how she described it. And I was like, Oh, girl, we got to talk. <laughs> Because she had become this like one date wonder where yeah. she's like so beautiful, attractive, intelligent, and yet guys would ask her out only once. And I, I you know, so we finally figured it out and we, we shifted things for her. Yeah, no, that's a great example. And, you know, one of, the, one of those pieces that, that was flying through my head as you were talking about that is that whole piece of, you know, a lot of women are independent. They've done a lot in their lives. They've provided for themselves. They have a great career. They have a great home, all those things. What suggestions do you have for women listening that are in that space that will help them shift from what I call being the best man in the room? Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing that you've got to do is you've got to know you've got to start balancing your feminine with your masculine energy. So women have basically become production junkies. And it's like ever since we entered the workforce, we've adopted all these masculine traits that for, you know, for the most part, yes, they are moving you forward in business and, and business. Um, but business is very different to your personal life and, and matters of the heart. And so for women, what you want to start doing is allowing the man to be a man, allowing him to provide, to do things for you. And if he's, and to stop trumping his stories on dates, like for example, <laughs> a man will say, 
you know, uh, well, I wrote, I, you know, I won a marathon last weekend and a woman will, re- a fiercely independent, accomplished woman will say, well, I've won three, you know, it's like this, this competition that women are, that is a, uh, spilling over from the, the business world into their dating life. And so really all a woman has to, like the only your only job in relationship and on a date is to have fun. That's your only job to have fun and appreciate anything that the guy has produced for you. You know, you let him do the pursuing, you let him show you how accomplished he is and let him, let him do that. He's not in competition with you. When a man is listing off his resume of, of things that he's done and things he's accomplished and awards he's won, he's doing that because he's trying to impress you. And he's trying to impress you because he's interested in you. A man who isn't uh, into you isn't going to be trying to do anything. He's going to let you do all the work. And when women show up doing all the work already, they're already putting themselves, uh, putting a man in the position of not being able to um, take on his role of provider and, and producer. He can see that that woman is clearly not able to receive the things that he wants to give her and he'll disqualify himself and he won't ask her out again. Yeah, 100%. And it's, it's why men will say to women, you don't need me. Yeah. We literally don't see where we're needed. So where that, like, yeah, okay, exactly, okay, where you fit in or here, how bye. you could fit in. Exactly. And uh, it's so sad because so yeah. many women have blind spots around, around this. Yeah, yeah. So um, when you're going out on a date, book it for, you know, um, like 7.30 or 7 o'clock where you have time to come home from work, have a bubble bath, have a massage, you know, change out of your business suit and shift into, you know, a, a dress that feels feminine and makes you feel feminine. And it's just about, you've, you've got to, um, you've got to activate that feminine side of yourself. You've got to, you know, the office, o'clock and now you've got to switch into um tap into that place within you that's softer that is receiving that is feminine because i'm telling you ken and you probably know this like men are starved to be around or to find a woman who is feminine 100 percent. it's really hard and that doesn't just mean wears a dress and a man like a Oh, no, no. Femininity is about just allowing the guy to do things and and surrendering into that and not competing with him and appreciating him. Like, it's all those things. That's being feminine. And, you know, if women say to me, well, Kim, I I don't know. I'm so masculine. I don't know how to switch that off. Now, all I say to them is, well, you've had relationships before. So there were things that you were doing to get that guy. There was a place and space that you dropped into in order to make yourself attractive. And that's where women need to get back to is that place of, of being attractive. 
and and when they're interested in a guy, they are just naturally allowing him to do more things, and um, they are more feminine and and more connected into that energy. Yeah, no, it's 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 a big, I consider it an epidemic. So women know how to do it. You know, your femininity isn't something you go out and get. It's actually laying dormant inside you. of you, waiting to be expressed. Yeah. Yeah, we've lost connection with it. Yeah. I, I actually dated a woman years ago who, to her credit, she, the, so the way I found out about this, she um, she was the chief operating officer for a major hospital. I mean, she was very busy, power job. And we were supposed to meet one evening for dinner. And she calls me and says, hey, I ran late. Uh, I need another half an hour to recharge. Or re I forgot how she said it, but basically like transform myself from business or from my work mode is what she mm -hmm. called it. Yeah. And I said, okay, cool, whatever. She goes, yeah, you don't want to see me in work mode. And I was like, whatever. I don't know what that means, but that's fine. So mm -hmm. that happened. Everything was fine. A couple weeks later, I got to her house and apparently she had run late and hadn't remembered to call me. So I literally walked up to her door about a minute after she walked in the door. I step into her house and I thought she was sick or something. I was like, are you okay? What's going on? And I kept asking her because she was so off from what I knew her as. Mm -hmm. And finally she starts laughing. She goes, oh, this is work mode. I told you you didn't want to see this. <laughs> so she had that awareness that she needed to make that shift. Yeah. And that if she didn't, it wasn't going to work. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, yeah told you you didn't want to see this. She's like, why don't you sit there and I'll just go upstairs and do my thing. <laughs> it was like, and it was, it was like a totally different person. But yeah. she had the awareness of that. And so many people don't because they're just like another result, another result, get the date off the list, did that. Okay, cool. That didn't work out. Next, next, next. Yeah. And I want to clarify, you know, what I help women with, um, like what my gift is, is helping women tap into that, that feminine place within themselves. But I'm not, it's not about giving up their independence yes. or their masculine energy because most of my clients are women who are CEOs or managers. Um, they are entrepreneurs. They, you know, these are women in, in places of leadership. So it's, it's not about like lying around in a bathtub eating bonbons all day. <laughs> it's just about knowing because you actually need we we need to run masculine energy to run a business. Like I, I need to run some masculine energy uh, to get things done in in my own business. Um, but there's it's not it's doing it not to the point of of burnout and just balancing masculine and feminine. Just that's all it is, is balancing it. It's not giving it up because women have earned their their independence and all the things that they have. They've worked hard to have that. And uh, it's it's something to be proud of um, for how far we've come. We've got a long way to go, but, you know, we've been come a long way, baby kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to clarify that, Ken, that I'm I'm not about you know, women becoming damsels in distress and, <laughs> yes. you know, giving up all that, um, that hard work that they've done to, to be independent. Yeah. 100%. I mean, that obviously it's, it has its role, right. And applying yes. the, the work environment, that's exactly where it we fits. Need it at but it certain doesn't times. fit at home when you're trying to be a partner with another guy who's trying to provide for you. 
Yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, where women struggle is when has is to turn it off when to turn it off. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Perfect. That's great. So we're in a portion of the show I call Bring It All Home, Kim. And what we're gonna do now is we're gonna just give our listeners some 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 concrete guidance they can take with them right out of the box. So I want to ask you one thing is what would you say is the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received? Mm -hmm. Well, I've been touching on it uh, through our talk today and it is really just appreciating men like all men. that it was so key for me to learn that, you know, this is including male family members, strangers, my deli counter guy about, you know, what surprised me the most about adopting this habit of appreciating men is that it ended up being the key thing to me falling in love with myself more. Now I had to fake it until I made it for sure. Uh, going around appreciating men while you're angry and disappointed with them, that was not a very easy thing for me to do. You know, here I was in this bad boy, nice guy cycle, and I was really burnt out with it. And that, but that pattern just kept me on the wrong path for such a long time and attracting more of what, of exactly what I didn't want. So I pushed through that. I pushed through uh, because one of my mentors had given me this assignment for 30 days to be appreciating men. And so what I did is I just kept loving men up verbally. And what I noticed that over time, like in that 30 days and beyond, it really helped me release all my anger, which was taking up so much energy. And I found once I melted the walls around my heart about men, I appreciated and loved myself that much more too. And that happened because who I was really angry with was myself. And I was so angry with myself because I was the one that was choosing to set my bar really low. I was the one choosing to compromise. I was the one choosing the wrong man. So it was a big lesson in taking on um, personal, personal responsibility for how I was showing up in relationship. It was basically me pointing the finger at men, but I was I was ignoring the three fingers pointing back at me. Yes. And so that appreciation piece uh, was the, um, I would say had the biggest impact. That was the beginning of, of amazing relationships with men. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. So as you mentioned earlier, you're pro- unbelievably versed at reading all these books, right? 400 plus. If you had to pick one, what would be the book that you would recommend to our listeners and why? Oh, well, that's so interesting. Um, well, I'll, I'll do a little shameless plug <laughs> I, or a lot. little hint. I've got my own book in the works and fingers crossed publishing by the end of this year. Right. Excellent. <laughs> so we'll be watching out for that. But in the meantime, the best book I ever read uh, is actually not a dating and relationship book. It was Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. And the reason that I would recommend that book and I received so much value from it was because being present 
is so crucial for women when they're in the company of a man. So, so many women are out of their body and crazed when it comes to love. They're not crazy, but they are crazed, just like I was 20 years ago. And when you're, you know how to be grounded and fully present, all the answers are right there in front of you. You're so dialed in to your own inner inner map, your own inner guidance, it will give you all the answers. You don't even need an expert when you're that tuned in and being present. So I read that book over a weekend. And when I finished the last page, I didn't remember actually a thing I had read. But I closed the book. And I was so present from that point onwards. It was amazing. So that's I would say the most influential, most impactful book that will help a woman shift is, is that will clearly demonstrate how to be a present woman in the company of men. No more regret from the past, no more thinking in the future, uh, you know, future based in fear. You're just right here right now. And when you can do that with a man in front of you, you're so relaxed the best part of you shines and any man would be crazy not to be um, inviting you out on a second, third date and marrying you. That's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Great recommendation. Thank you. Yeah. And Kim, I mean, I I wish we had five or six more hours (laughs) that we can talk about this. You have so much to offer. It's fabulous. Can you let our our listeners know how they can contact you and, and learn more about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Best thing to do is just go to my website, attractyourking.com. And I've got a wonderful uh, freebie there. You'll land on my site and you will um, go right on that banner. And it's 21 things about men every woman must know. So that is uh, one of the things is appreciation, but there's a whole bunch more. It's like the blueprint on how to make it work with any guy. So I encourage your your listeners to go there and, and get that freebie. It's it's really worth it. Yeah, that sounds priceless. Thank you. And yeah. Everyone listening, if you're busy doing something else right now as you're listening, don't worry. I'm going to put all these links into uh, the show page for Kim. So all you have to do is go to speakingofpartnership.com, type Kim into the search bar, and it will take you right to her uh, interview page. And at the bottom, you'll see the links to get the the uh free information that she just shared with you. So it's very easy for you to get to. Well, Kim, again, your insights, absolutely incredible. Thank you for sharing your personal experience here. And thank you again for being on the show today. Oh, my pleasure, Ken. It's always fun interacting with a man who's interested in this subject. We love that. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.